friends, welcome to the Self-Care Sisterhood Podcast, where we're all about taking action and making progress towards what matters most. My name's Brittany, and I'm a coach, community builder, and your self-care BFF. My heart is to empower and equip hardworking, purpose-driven women just like you to take care of yourself so that you can go out into your world and love and serve from that overflow. Each week, we'll tackle topics that help you show up as your best self, navigate sticking points, and get real and raw about what it takes to be on journey. I'm the founder of the Self-Care Sisterhood community, and I believe we weren't meant to do life or our journeys alone. I wanna help you live your best life. So welcome, let's dive in. Oh my gosh, welcome back to the Self-Care Sisterhood podcast. I know I say this probably every week, but I'm really pumped for today's episode. And really it's because today I get to take you back a little bit. I get to take you back before I started this podcast, before I spent 10 years as a health and fitness coach. Like, I want to take you way back before all of that and just kind of peel back some layers on a piece of my story and a couple things I've learned along the way. For those of you who don't know, I was an elementary school teacher coming out of college. It was my dream job, y'all. The one that I spent my entire youth thinking about. I honestly wasn't the type of girl who didn't know what she wanted to be when she grew up. Whenever anyone asked, I would proudly reply, a teacher. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a teacher. I just, I loved school. I loved the smell of it. I loved the routine of it. I loved learning and growing and trying all of it. Honestly, I was kind of sad every time summer break came around because I loved school. I was born to be a teacher, so much so that I spent most of my time after school as a little girl tucked away in my bedroom playing imaginary school. I'd line up the rows of students and stand proudly in front of them with an old copy of a teacher's manual that my mom had given me to teach. I loved it, and there was no doubt that this was my path. Maybe you've been there in your life too before where you knew exactly what you were going to be and that path was like laid out for you. That was me. And I'll never forget the moment I got my first teaching job. I graduated in Michigan and getting a job in education at that time was really tricky. I knew if I wanted to get my own position, I'd actually have to leave the state. And I don't know why Florida appealed to me, probably the weather and the beaches, (laughs) but I found myself flying to a job fair in Tampa to see if I could lock in a job. A few booths later, I was shaking hands with someone from Miami-Dade County Public Schools, and the rest of the summer, I spent packing and prepping to move from Michigan to Miami. I drove my red Ford Mustang down I-75 from Detroit all the way to Miami, and the next morning, I got myself to the board office to get placed within the district. By lunchtime, they had sent me to my assignment, which was second grade at Citrus Grove Elementary. I walked into their back-to-school in-service, and on a break, I went up to the principal to introduce myself. She gave me this, like, weird once-over and handed me the keys to my room. It was wild, y'all. Like, never did I expect this is how I would get a job. I didn't even interview in front of the principal. They just simply just placed me at this school. And I'll never forget then walking into the classroom. The teacher's desk, like imagine, I walk in, it's an empty room, and in the middle of this dark empty room is a teacher's desk turned upside down. There weren't any student desks in there, which I later learned I'd actually have to go and steal one by one from various other rooms, like after hours after people left. And the one thing I vividly remember thinking was, wow, like there's no alphabet on the ceiling. And then I was like, does that mean I actually have to like go buy it? I was so confused because as a as a graduate, I never even envisioned like the amount of dollars I would have to pour back into my classroom. I almost assumed that it would just kind of be there for me. And maybe in your experience, if you're a fellow teacher listening to this, maybe that's how your district operated or maybe you got really great hand-me-downs. Luckily, because my mom was a teacher, I did get some great hand-me-downs. But just in general, I didn't have anything. 
I had no books, no reading station, no other stations or equipment. I think maybe I had one computer that I could like put together with mismatched pieces. I had nothing, nothing in that space. And I learned that that was the reality of public education. I worked in that school for two years, always praying that they didn't transfer me because I was so low on the totem pole. But it did happen. Two months into my third year, they had their annual budget meeting. And because the numbers were lower, my position was no longer necessary. So in my third year, two months into it, I had already started the school year and everything. They took the students that I had started with and they displaced them into other rooms. And then I was sent to another school. And that was my reality. Every year I had to worry that like two months into the school year, I'd lose my position and get relocated and have to start all over. And the heartbreaking thing was that this was supposed to be my path. This was that thing that I longed for my whole life, the thing that I knew I was good at and created for. But the reality was most days, I would sit in my classroom at the end of the day, just worn out and exhausted and wonder to myself, is this it? I had this elephant on my chest that this couldn't possibly be it. I knew I was made for more than the life I was currently living. And hear my heart. I love teaching. I'm a teacher. And I'm not saying that being something other than a teacher equates more. But I knew in my life, for me, I wasn't living up to my God-given calling and purpose. I knew there was more out there for me. And it was at that time I realized that if I wanted something, if I craved something, no one was going to come and rescue me. No one was going to save me. No one was going to come and do the work for me. I realized that I had to create what I craved. I'd learned this lesson over and over again in so many other spaces in my life. If I craved friends, for example, I'd have to create that friend circle. If I craved a loving and inviting home, I'd have to create that. If I craved to be healthy and fit, I'd have to create the routine that would help me get there. And if I craved a job that offered me freedom and choice, I'd have to get out there and create it. Create what you crave became this mantra of mine. It became a mantra that I started sharing with women that I mentored. And today I'm really pumped because I wanted to pass that wisdom along to this community because I believe a deep piece of self-care that we don't focus on enough is the actual ownership and responsibility that we need to take over our own lives to create what we crave and build lives we're freaking obsessed with. Create what you crave is this mantra that I'm always saying. And today I thought it'd be fun if I actually break down what that means so that you don't just hear this like create what you crave, like woo woo mantra, but that you actually can walk away from this and implement something because that's what I'm all about in this space is taking focus and intentional action around things that matter most to you, right? So if you're resonating with my story, if you're like, you know what, I have looked around at the end of my day and been like, is this it? Or I have realized that there's things that I desire or crave and I'm kind of just like wishing for them versus working for them. Today's episode is going to be so, so good for you. So let's dive in. The first part is deciding what you desire. Figuring out what you truly desire is a crucial first step on the journey to creating a life that you love. So let's chat through a couple helpful places to start. Number one is self-reflection. Start by setting aside some quiet, uninterrupted time for self-reflection. We talk a lot on here about grabbing a journal, finding a cozy spot to think and reflect, but considering questions like what brings you joy? What activities make you lose track of time? When have you felt the most fulfilled and content? Reflecting on these moments can provide valuable insights into your true desires. And when I did my own self-reflection, I realized the things of education that I loved. Like I loved creating projects for my students. I loved creating the atmosphere for my students. 
I loved creating that community feel. And so when I realized that this wasn't the exact place where I was thriving, when I moved myself and started creating what I craved in my own business, I realized that those things could come with me because I loved them. They brought me joy and they were things that helped me feel fulfilled, right? Number two is exploring your passions. Often I find that the things we desire, the things we crave, they're closely tied to the things we're also passionate about. So what excites you? What can you get lost in? I want you to think about hobbies, interests, even like subjects that you're curious about. What did you love as a kid? How can you bring more of that into your day to day? I loved teaching as a kid. That's something I did all the stinking time in my playtime and my imaginary play. And so I knew that just because the classroom might not have been the best fit for me, I knew that teaching was still the thing for me, right? And so looking at what you're passionate about, looking at what you loved as a kid, it's often that reliable like compass or GPS when it comes to looking at what you desire, right? Another thing is figuring out your values. Our values play a significant role in shaping what we desire. What values are most important to you? Is it family? Do you crave adventure? Maybe you love personal growth or you deeply desire to make an impact or maybe it's something else entirely. Understanding your core values can help you align your desires with what truly matters most. If you're saying family is your core desire, but your family is kind of getting like what's left of you at the end of the day, then maybe the path that you're on in terms of your job isn't allowing you to live out your core value, right? If one of your core values is adventure, but you feel like your day-to-day is very rote, routine, monotonous, then how can you shake it up? How can you put something more adventurous into it, right? If personal growth is something that you care deeply about, but you don't know the last time you went to an event that helped you stretch as a human or surrounded yourself with more growth-oriented conversations, then that's an indicator for you where you can create what you're craving, right? Okay, another one for me is visualing out your ideal day or life. Now, I don't like to do my like ideal life because I feel like that's really, I feel like that's that's really challenging. But when I can just break it down to like, what, what would an ideal day look like? Like imagine an ideal day without any constraints. Okay, look, let's put money, time, all the things to the side. I want you to think about your dream career, dream relationships. What would the healthiest version of you look like? And maybe like, what would your lifestyle look like? What does that perfect day look like? What are you doing? Who are you with? What choices do you have? And how do you spend your time? How do you feel? When I can break down what that ideal day looks like, I can start making choices that help me move closer to those desires, right? So that visualization can be a powerful tool when you're trying to pinpoint specific desires. Okay. And last one, stick with me. I promise this one's good. Get jealous. Seriously, get jealous. Jealousy when approached with a healthy perspective can actually be a really valuable clue to uncovering the things you desire. We're taught that jealousy is this bad thing, but actually, if you viewed jealousy as a tool for self-discovery, it might change the way you view things, right? When you feel that like, that feeling or that pang of jealousy towards someone else's achievements or maybe the lifestyle they have, often it's pointing you directly to something you desire for yourself. So pay attention to what triggers your jealousy. Is it a friend's successful career? That person you see on social with like amazing blending and boundaries of work and life? Or maybe it's that like DIY account you follow who always has the best ideas when it comes to home projects. Identifying what triggers you can pinpoint the areas of your life where you might have unfulfilled desires. So instead of scrolling social and then like looking at others through this lens of jealousy, flip it 
and ask yourself why you feel this way. What is it about their achievements or their lifestyle that resonates with you? Anytime I look at somebody and I can start to feel a little jealous of what they have, I realize that's a clue. It's like a mirrored reflection of what I actually want. Maybe it's their achievements or lifestyle. Is it the sense of accomplishment, freedom, or creativity? Looking at the why behind your jealousy can offer valuable insights. And I think, like I said, we've gotten jealousy all wrong because it's actually a mirror reflecting those desires. It can be a catalyst for change, motivating you to take action towards creating the life you truly crave. So if you have all these Pinterest boards of the things you deeply desire, instead of looking at them and saying, man, I wish, why don't you go and do? Embrace jealousy as a guide on your journey of self-discovery and really how to create what it is that you crave, right? Okay, so we looked at how to kind of decide what it is we desire, but it doesn't stop there, right? We can't just stop at looking what it is we desire. I'm talking about taking it from wishing today into working, right? Creating what you crave is not just about wishing for something, but it's also about working for something. So the second part of this is do something in the direction of your desires. And I wanna help you break it down into a couple different ways this is helpful for me. Okay, the first one is set small goals. When it comes to turning your desires into like actionable steps, a helpful place to start is with mapping out your goals, right? And a lot of us have been taught, I used to teach this in my classroom, of like the SMART goal setting method where it's like S-M-A-R-T, but I don't actually love SMART goals and here's why. Number one, the M in SMART stands for measurable and that can be tricky. Not every goal is gonna be like calculated and measurable and mathematical, right? As a person who gravitates on the creative end versus less on like the spreadsheet end of things, that M just never sat well with me because there are goals that I set that just simply can't be measured with numbers. Okay, the other thing I don't love is the A, which stands for achievable, because I think when we're setting achievable goals, it sets us up to play small. When we set goals that we know we can achieve, we forget to stretch ourselves. For example, every morning I write this goal in my in the morning journal, I always write something that I'm working on, a goal that I have, is that I want to walk where Jesus walked. That does not feel achievable to me today. I don't have it in my calendar. I don't have the budget set just yet for how I'm going to get there. I don't have it all, but it's on my heart. So if it's on my heart, I think it's for me. And, and I want to share that with you guys today. If it's on your heart, I believe it's for you, sis. So that A, achievable and smart goal setting, I think it just sets us up to play small. And I don't love that. So recently, I've had a lot of success looking at a different method. A fellow podcaster, her name's Jess Macy, and her podcast is called The Hustle Sanely Podcast. She created this method and she uses it. It's called the SWITCH method, S-W-I-T-C-H, SWITCH. This approach is designed to not only make your goals more achievable, right, but also aligns them more closely with your true desires. And I love that about this this method. So let me break down each letter of this so that in case you're not familiar, I can kind of bring you up to speed. So S stands for specific. This is where you start by making your goals as specific as possible. So instead of a vague desire like I want to lose weight, we aim for something more precise, such as I will incorporate daily 30 minute walks into my routine. That's specific. OK, the W in the switch method stands for why focused. So we dig deep into the why behind your goals. Understanding the driving force behind your desires makes them more meaningful and motivating. So ask yourself why achieving this goal is important to you. And the more connected you are to the why, the more likely it is you'll stay committed. The third part is the I, which is impact driven. I love this part. 
this is why switch goals are like my fave because here we get to consider the impact your goals will have not just on yourself but like that ripple effect and you know in this space i say that we take care of ourselves so that we can love and serve others well there's an impact to our self-care right in a world that thinks maybe self-care is a little selfish I can look at the way we sit and do self-care in this space and say, no, it's not selfish. It's actually considering others so, so much. It's considering the world around you, the impact, right? And so how will achieving your goal positively influence not only your life, but the lives of those you care about? And then this perspective can add more purpose, more fulfillment to your journey. So I love the I part of the switch method. Next is T, and that goes for timeline-based. Now, in the SMART goals, it's time-bound, and that sounds really like restrictive to me. With timeline-based, this is us setting timelines for our goals, because without deadlines, you guys, desires often can just remain distant dreams, right? We need a target date that helps us create maybe a little urgency and just a little accountability. So for example, I will complete a podcast course within the next three months was actually a really helpful goal for me when I was launching in this space. But I also know that there's this thing called life, right? And so just because the timeline comes and goes, that doesn't mean the goal isn't for me, right? And so when I can look at the timeline, I also can see if the timeline, if I've passed that timeline, and I can look at what went on in my life during that, that maybe didn't support me doing that goal, and I can make adjustments and tweaks, which brings me to the C, which is checking in. Check in regularly. Regular check-ins with your progress, y'all, is everything. So scheduling moments to review your goals, assess how you're doing, just asking questions like, are you on track? Or do you need to adjust your strategy? Or was this just the wrong season to, to set that goal for yourself, right? There are so many goals I had with my business and with this podcast and a lot of things. And then, hey, we decided we were gonna move, right? And so packing and moving and getting into the new house, like that took the stage that took priority and that's okay so these check-ins allow you to look at life right they they allow you to be honest about what's going on currently in your life but also keep you accountable okay so a couple things that I do in terms of regular check-ins I love a yearly goal drop where I just kind of like map out everything I want to achieve for the year right then I do quarterly check-in meetings which you know I'm all about I love monthly goal setting and then I break down week by week how I can help move the needle forward based on those monthly goals. Okay, so regular check-ins have been everything. And then the last part of the switch method is habits and routines. I don't know. The impact part is one of my favorites. I love the checking in, but habits and routines might be my actual fave because this is a space where we actually take action, right? Like we take action on what matters most to us around here. So habits and routines, it's everything. To make your goals more achievable, they actually have to be incorporated into your daily and weekly routines, right? We know this. This is where my mantra, if you've heard me ever say action over outcome, comes into play because we're turning those desires into actions and habits. We're no longer wishing for something, but we're also working for it. And that's when we get to make consistent progress. So by following the switch method that Jess Macy from Hustle Sanely lays out, your goals transform into powerful tools for realizing those desires. They become specific, deeply connected to your why, focused on making a positive impact. They're time bound, but regularly reviewed and then supported by the habits, the routines, the behaviors that guide you toward success. And this approach not only ensures that your goals are aligned with those desires that you mapped out and step one, but also empowers you to take meaningful steps towards creating the things that you crave, right? Okay, next one, don't go at it alone. 
Friends, I used to be the kind of woman who would do everything on her own. I didn't need, in quotes, anyone until I did, you know? Accountability has been a key driver of my progress. So share your desires and action steps with your spouse, a trusted friend, a mentor, a coach who can hold you accountable, who knows those desires on your heart and then won't let you off the hook when the road gets rocky because it will. So regular check-ins and support from others, it's everything. And it can help you stay motivated and committed to your journey. Another tip, be a sponge. There's a lot of learning and growing along the way. So be open to acquiring that new knowledge, new skills that align with those goals. Oftentimes the thing that stops us is saying, I don't really know how to do that. But if you've listened to a past episode, a lot of times we're just missing a word. I don't know how to do that yet right? So invest in courses, invest in the workshops, invest in self-improvement resources that are going to propel you forward. This year, I made it a goal to get in the room and spaces with other women moving in the direction I desire. And I can't even tell you how impactful this has been for me as I'm navigating a lot of new. Every time I hit purchase on the button to go to the event or go to the retreat or get myself in the membership space, I was always a little nervous that like, oh man, like what is this going to cost me? But looking at it rather than what it's going to cost me, but an investment towards my goals, It's just been such a game changer. So many of us stop the learning process when we exit school, but I'm encouraging you to embrace that, that you're going to be a forever student, especially if you have goals and dreams on your heart. Okay, another quick tip is anticipate fear and doubt. It's natural to encounter fear and self-doubt when you're pursuing those things you desire. I promise you that it's part of the process. I wish people told me this sooner. I always tell women I work with that fear can be in the car. It just can't drive the car. Fear can be in the car, but it doesn't get to pick the playlist for the trip. Figure out what it is you're afraid of and allow that to exist. But here's the kicker. Take action anyway. The only way to is through, right? Hear me say that again. The only way to is through. The only way to get over the fears and the doubts is through them. So anticipate the fear and the doubt and take action anyways. Another tip is celebrate small wins. Don't wait for major milestones to celebrate when you're creating what you crave. Acknowledge and celebrate small victories along the way, whether it's completing that first workout, taking a step outside of your comfort zone and attending that event, winning your morning for a full freaking month. I don't know what it is for you, but you do. And each of these moments of success, it boosts your motivation and it boosts your confidence. So celebrate those small wins along the way. And lastly, stay flexible and kind to yourself because life is unpredictable and things can change any moment. That thing that you crave, it can shift. It can pivot. Something can happen that sparks the next thing for you to crave, right? And sometimes we have to lay down dreams to open up space for a new one. Sometimes things like a global freaking pandemic throw life for a loop. Your journey toward your desires will involve obstacles. And it's also going to evolve along the way. All of those evolutions, all of those obstacles can lead to unexpected opportunities like doors that you never knew could be open for you if you're willing to look for them. So navigate those obstacles and sticking points. Navigate, you know, pivots in your journey. Navigate all of that. But also, while you're going, be kind to yourself throughout that process because pursuing desires, living a life that is focused and intentional, creating what you freaking crave, you guys, it's challenging work, my friends. And setbacks are a part of the journey. Give yourself a little grace along the way because you're doing the dang thing. You're no longer just wishing for it, right? You're working for it. You pressed play on this episode because you are not just a dreamer. You're also a doer. So give yourself some freaking credit. But as we wrap up today, how can you go out and create what you crave? It starts with getting clear on your desires, right? Like what do you really want? 
This can look like deep self-reflection that guides you towards your true desires or diving into your passions, maybe nailing down your core values or even daydreaming about like that perfect life, right? What would the best day look like for you? And sometimes you even pick up a lesson or two, you guys, from those moments when you feel a little bit envious of someone. But that's if you can look at those jealousy pangs with a lens that is pointing you straight towards what you deeply desire. Friends, it can't stop there though. Knowing what you want is just the starting line. The real magic kicks in when you start taking steps in the direction of your desires. It's about setting those small but meaningful goals that are super clear, tied to your why, and focused on making a positive impact. It's about creating habits and behaviors and routines that serve the person you desire to be and those goals that you have. And the journey can get tough, right? Life throws curveballs, self-doubt can sometimes sneak in, but those are just part of the adventure. You've got to give fear and doubt a seat, but just don't let them drive the stinking car, right? Celebrate your wins along the way and remember that the prize is truly the process. Keep the vision for your life beyond your current circumstances. That's what you're working for. Not today, but what can it be like a year, two years, five, ten years down the road? Creating what you crave boils down to owning your life and taking deep responsibility. It's about crafting it into this masterpiece that you're freaking head over heels in love with, that you're not just a character in your story, but you get to be the author. So as you walk away from today, I want you to keep this in mind. You've got the power to create what you crave. Whatever it is you crave, it's on your heart for a reason. So you got to get out there and show up for it. I'm always rooting for you, and I can't wait to hear and see how this episode is inspiring you. So do me a favor, screenshot this episode and tag me at InspireBeautyBrit with your light bulb, fist bumping, aha moments, anything that spoke to you so that I can celebrate with you. All right, friends, I will see you right here, same place, same time next week. I love you so much. Go out there, take care of you so that you can love and serve others from that overflow. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you love today's topic, it would mean the world to me if you shared this on your social to help spread the word. Tag me at InspireBeautyBrit so I can see what you're loving and learning along the way. All right, friends, till next time, let's go out there, take some action.